Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today we are talking all about organic because it's something that we go on about all the time. My company is actually named after after the word. So we're going to unpick it all. Why we need to eat organic food? What does organic mean? What is the future? And where we're going from here, Dan? It's quite, it's, we've only got half an hour <laughs> to do all that. We'll have to get cracking on, eh? <laughs> it's a word that's just become part of culture now, isn't it, really? I think a lot of people don't know what it means, how important it actually is. It's become a little bit diluted because there are so many organic certifications and companies like McDonald's and things having organic produce that it's just almost become part of the norm. But when you really look into what true organics is, um, we're going to explain how important it is to our health and what we need to do to try and keep organic going and, in fact, increase organic farming and farmer practices. So, yeah, we're going to try and go deep on organics. Deep, deep on it. So organic means, when I called my company Organic Pilates, I had loads of people texting us going, are you starting to grow veg and do veg boxes? (laughs) I was like, no, organic actually means, if you look in the dictionary, to grow naturally, free from chemicals and as nature intended. So you can apply that to anything. So that's why I applied it to my uh, Pilates because... I am free, chemical free, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so organic farming accounts currently for 70 million hectares globally. So there's quite a lot of land, but, you know, organic farming is out there. It is one of the things that we need to, I would say, that we need to support. Shall I go through what the Soil Association says organic farming should be? And then we can pick up from there. So the Soil Association's latest info says that organic farming responsibly uses energy and natural resources, the maintenance of biodiversity, the preservation of regional ecological balances, the enhancement of soil fertility and the maintenance of water quality, all of which we need, right? Especially the water and the soil. Yeah, the water and the soil... We went into it a little bit more in depth in one of the six foundation factors mini series. It was the nutrition one where yeah. we spoke about how important the soil is. And even doing the research and recording that podcast kind of drilled it home to me how important the soil actually is. We yeah. mentioned the closed organic cycle, how humans are bioaccumulators. If there's healthy soil or sick soil, whichever one you want to you wanna choose, then the plants grow in that soil. The animals eat those plants and then we eat the animals. So if it's toxic soil, then we're just getting a condensed version if we eat at the top of the food chain. But then when you start looking into organics and you realize even if you just eat plants, if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, for instance, how much more nutritionally dense organic food is, it's going to be a lot healthier for you. And there's a lot of studies that show the nutrient values are the same between conventionally grown and organically grown but we're going to kind of dispel some of those myths right there but even if you didn't believe in that then even just the fact that there's less toxicity in organic produce commercially grown has all these chemical fertilizers and pesticides and herbicides 
And these are chemicals that our body just is not meant to have inside of it. So even if you think you're eating a healthy diet full of fruit and veg, if it's conventionally grown, you're getting all those herbicides and chemicals into your body, which just puts a burden on your liver. You have to detox all of those things. It can suppress the immune system. It can create allergies. That's why organic is so important. It's kind of the things which you maybe don't think about. I think the reason why most people don't go organic is just cost, to be honest. There's almost a little bit of a stigma around it. People think you're a bit of a hippie if you eat organic food, but it shouldn't be like that, should it? And in terms of cost, I mean, we've spoke about this before. It doesn't actually cost that much extra because you feel fuller when you eat organic food. It actually mm-hmm. satiates you because it has the nutrients, uh, vitamins and the minerals. So yeah, that's just a few points which I want to get yeah. out of the way at the beginning, which prove which organic is actually better for you. Yeah, indeed. Now, Dan, tell us that thing again, because I love it that he's told us in the nutrition one about the soil. What, the closed organic cycle? No, that we are from the soil. Oh, right. Yeah, you like that quote, don't you? I do. So (laughs) So say it again, because I think we should say it on every podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) So I got this from Matt Walden. I don't know where he got it from or whether he made it up, but whatever it is, it's good. The official name for soil is humus, which is obviously, which is where the word human comes from. So it translates as the clay of our being. So we are the soil. It does make sense. It is good, isn't it? It's really, really good. I love that. So can we just talk about the soil while we're there? Because that's what we need to start with. Yeah. So like we are humans, we are from the soil and the soil, it's only like when you think, what, half a meter deep? (laughs) Top soil is very, very small. That's inches. We we rely on that small amount of topsoil to grow all of our food in. And the more that it gets toxified, if that's a word, (laughs) the more toxins that go into it, the more we're killing it. And then we're at the top of the food chain. Like Dan said, you know, the plants grow in the soil. The animals eat the plants. We eat the animals. Those toxins are just staying in the food chain. And then we create the fertilizer that goes back onto the soil, which is then full of preservatives and toxicity. It's not good, is it, really? So um, I just want to go quickly look at the soil for a moment. Microorganism function of the soil. The soil actually has a really big microorganism within it, doesn't it? It needs that. So the liquefied materials and convert non-organic compounds into organic compounds for the plants. So the soil can convert all the enzymes and the insects and stuff in the soil can convert the non-organic stuff to organic because like the worms can convert stuff. The producers amino acids, organic acids, and organometallic nutrients. So the soil actually produces its own nutrients. So really good soil. It should be alive, shouldn't it, soil? Well, essentially Um, it is. I've heard studies before where even just when you're, if you're out in your garden, digging and having your hands in the soil, it's full of good bacteria and stuff like that. And it's actually good for your skin. It's good for your health, even to just have your hands in the soil. Yeah. 40 to 80% of bacteria in a plant's rhizosphere produce vitamins. Soil microbes produce numerous vitamins. Everything you can find in a human body is found in the rhizosphere. Am I impressing you with my knowledge now? Drop knowledge bombs. (laughs) Numerous enzymes are in the soil and steroids and many other hormones are in there as well. Never would have thought that. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, so the more that we lose the soil, the more that we lose the nutrients and the vitamins that we need to survive. So we need to protect the soil and everything that grows in it and not cover it in glyphosate and what's that stuff? Roundup. Never yeah. put Roundup in your soil. It's a lot about of these... half life of like 25 million years or something as well. Yeah. Not that long, but... Is it that Agent Orange, which was created in World War II as a, a chemical warfare weapon? When World War Two ended, they had these crazy amounts of this Agent Orange. I don't know what the official kind of chemical name for it is. They had so many reserves that they never actually used that these chemical companies who produced it needed to find a use for it. And they figured out that they could spray it on uh, farms and fields and it would stop the insects from eating the plants. And I think it's it's still around today, Agent Orange, and it, it just it has a new name. It's probably called Roundup or something similar. Yeah. And it just stops the insects eating the crops. Well, that's what nature does. But yeah. the trouble is we end up ingesting all of that, chemi- literally a chemical weapon. Yeah, that's what it was exactly. designed for. That's what our fields are, are covered in. And it, oh, it's almost, God. I remember hearing these things like years ago when we started with the Czech Institute and it didn't really sink in. And we yeah. were just talking off air before we started. It's only just starting to sink in now how important having healthy soil is. Otherwise, all of the organic farmer practices and soil in the world are going to be wiped out. And we're just going to be eating artificial food. And we're just going to be sicker and sicker and sicker. So I was watching a video. You can all watch it. It's on. It's Dr. Zach Bush. I think I sent it to you, didn't I, Dan? You can get it off his website. It's not on YouTube because it, it keeps getting banned off YouTube. So if you go to Dr. Zach Bush, MD, his website you can you can pick up this it's a three-hour talk I didn't listen to all of it but he oh it was so good so he was talking about glyphosate use so that what we've just been talking about all this stuff that they put in the soil the countries that use the highest concentrates of glyphosate are China and northern Italy uh certain states in America and when they've mapped that against the coronavirus like where the coronavirus has hit the hardest it's actually correlating against those countries that use the highest amount of glyphosate in their soil because they're saying that people are ingesting this. It's bringing down their immune systems. So when a virus hits, they can basically map where a virus is going to come from via that whole use of glyphosate because it just brings down everything in the human body. Your body's trying to like get all of this crap out of it. It's being poisoned, essentially then we're just eating the foods from the soil that creates the virus that brings the immune system down. So it's all linked, isn't it? You know, it's like, yeah, so interesting. It's kind of like if you get into it, it's kind of like a well thought out plan. Yeah. They, they create the chemicals. Some company creates the chemical to put on the plants, which make you sick. Yeah. And then they also then create the disease, which apparently makes you sick. And then they also create the medicine, which cures the disease. Which cures you. That's, yeah. Like, well, what a coincidence. If you just stopped so eating own, the crap. When they start <laughs> to finish. Yeah, exactly. If you spent your money on organic farmer practices, you would just avoid that whole dilemma in the yeah. first place. So interesting. So, so interesting. I do recommend everyone watches this. He was also talking about the forest fires in Australia, shooting a lot of carbon dioxide up into the air, which then went over to China, which China has already been brought down by the amount of glyphosate in the air, in the in the soil. So the, the air was polluted, the soil was polluted. It was the perfect environment for a, a virus to take hold and then wipe the rest of the world out. So so interesting you know if we don't look after these things everything has a knock-on effect everything's connected isn't it it's just massive 
Yeah, and I always think because humans are just a part of Mother Nature and the Earth in general, we think we kind of own the Earth, don't we? That's the way we act and there's no consequences to our actions, but there is. And I always think if we end up taking the mick too much, Mother Nature or Earth will just realize that that we we are the parasites on Earth and she'll just get rid of us. There's plenty of ways which you can do it. Set a volcano off or some natural disaster or a virus that wipes everyone out. That's kind of more of a philosophical look at it, but really I think it it could happen. There's, it's called the Gaia effect. That's what Gaia TV is named after. Earth is one big organism and you, you kind of take from one part without creating an opposite effect in another part. It knows when it's been depleted and it has to make up somewhere else. So in the end, if humans are just going to take and take and take, Mother Nature might just think, well, we don't want that parasite anymore and just create a situation which get rid of us. Yeah. Well, we're creating our own situation to get rid of us, aren't we? So, like, yeah, you yeah, know. true. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So that was a little bit of a sideline, but yeah, that's how important the soil is to us, um, mm-hmm. and we don't even think about it, do we? Really much, but this is why it's not just about the health of us; it's the health of the, the planet, the world, everybody in it, and um, that's why we are so passionate about the organic movement right and it's not just us it's again it's generations behind us so it's our kids and grandkids and their kids if we keep Mm -hmm. depleting the soils and not and not trying to promote organic practices now it's them that's going to have to pay the ultimate burden because we're suffering now with air pollution and crap food it's it's only going to get worse if you don't make the small choices every day you might think well what can i do i'm only one person going to buy organic food but that's all you can do. And if you eat organic food and you look healthier and feel better, you'll be able to promote that to your friends. They can do the same to their friends. You have to look at it as a, a big picture. You kind of change the world overnight. You can just start with yourself. And it's as simple as buying organic. Yeah. So a 21-year study comparing organic versus non-organic farming presented in the British Style Association's report entitled Organic Farming, Food Quality and Human Health showed that the microorganism population responsible for soil fertility and delivering nutrients to the plant roots was 85% higher in organically managed fields than in the non-organically managed fields. So there you go. So one of the biggest pushbacks, apart from price in organic food, is... The fact that there's quite a few studies which have came out which say there's no difference in nutritional value between organic and conventionally grown. Mm-hmm. But these studies are often pretty unfair and they're pretty biased and they normally run by conventionally run farms and companies. So they say there's there's no nutritional value based on I know, two oranges or two tomatoes. They compare organic with conventionally grown. But it's been proven that normally they take the organic produce from halfway across the world where it's taken like seven days to get to the site of the study. And we both know that after seven days, a fruit or a vegetable's almost gone rotten, hasn't it? So mm-hmm. no wonder when they do the study, it's going to be nutritionally devalued compared to when it was first picked. You have to look at the reason why they want to do that. Because they want to try and prove that organic isn't as good because they're the ones that are making the profit off the conventional farms, which use fertilizers and pesticides. So you have to follow the money. Mm-hmm. Really unfair way to do it. But yeah, that's yeah. that's one of the main pushbacks apart from money is these studies, but I wouldn't trust them because there's a lot there's a lot more long-term studies which have been done, which prove the nutritional value of organics. 
Absolutely. A summary of 1,230 published comparisons between organically grown and conventionally grown crops showed that 56% of organic is better than conventional. So that's a pretty high percentage. 7% was no different and 37% was conventional was better. But, you know, 56% is huge. And it's only like, you know, have you heard of the clean 15 and the dirty dozen? So if you can't afford organic food, there are certain foods that get sprayed more than others. So if you're only going to buy organic, if you were going to, if you couldn't afford organic all the time, the best things to avoid are the dirty dozen. So if you look up the dirty dozen foods, I think the top of the list are strawberries, highly sprayed, spinach, kale and apples. And I think you were talking about apples before we came on it. So they're the most sprayed crops in the food chain. So the more that you can buy organic of those, the better. Yeah, I think it's as a general rule of thumb, it's the fruits and veg which you, you don't have like a skin or a peel on. Mm. So like a strawberry, you don't need to peel it or take a skin off. There's kind of no protective barrier. So when they spray a strawberry with pesticides, the, the reason they do that is because an insect can just land on the strawberry and eat it straight away. Whereas mm. something like that has a skin, like a banana or a coconut or an avocado, it has a thick skin. And the nutrition's inside. Inside of it, and yeah. Pesticide and sorry, yeah, insects. They it, they would struggle to get through that skin to get the nutrition. But it's the ones without a skin, like what do you say, kale, strawberries, apples. It's mm. easy to penetrate the outside and get in the inside. So there's those are the ones that get sprayed most. And you said I mentioned apples before we came on air. There's this happens to quite a few fruits, but apples in particular, they have that kind of this is non-organic apples. They have that waxy feel to them. Mm-hmm. and what that is they often spray the apple to make it look shinier and more colorful to make it more appealing on the shelf but you can actually there's videos on youtube and everywhere where people actually can take that layer of wax off the apple i think they heat it up or they use some type of chemical and then they end up with this residue which you can see which is on the apple skin which has been artificially put there when you think if you get this artificial chemical residue in one hand and you've got the apple in the other hand you wouldn't then eat the apple and then finish off by having the chemicals, would you? Yeah, exactly. But because you can't see it, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, but yeah, it is there. So let's just take a cabbage, for example. An organic cabbage has 43% more vitamin C, 41% more iron, 40% more magnesium, and 22% more phosphorus. So it's a no-brainer, really, I think. Organic foods are the way forward and also just a quick note on all of these companies that started out as small organic companies and then they get bought by big companies yeah sadly yeah but then they don't follow the same practices do they exactly so for example pepsi bought naked juice craft bought back to nature foods m&m mars bought seeds of change so just be careful if you're buying these like organic packaged foods look at whether who actually owns these companies nowadays yeah you mentioned the soil association at the start of the episode that's if yeah. you're looking for organic produce the soil the soil association is kind of the highest level or like the benchmark of true organics so try and look for that on the packaging you'll recognize the label once you see it yeah. i think i can't remember what the logo is it might be like the shape of a heart or something like that but um yeah. that's, that's kind of the, the standard but just their website's to, really good actually the yeah. association just going back to what you said about 
the different nutritional values and the kind of the, the secondary nutrients like potassium and things like that. Yeah. We just did an episode recently about supplements. So you wouldn't need to take all these fancy supplements, which we've proven pretty much don't work. If you just ate organic food and got all these um, vitamins and minerals and nutrients anywhere, mm-hmm. you wouldn't need to take the supplements. You would, even though organic food is slightly more expensive, it's cheaper than eating crap food and buying expensive supplements. So eat yeah. organic food anywhere, it's going to taste nicer and it's, you're going to get the health benefits. Absolutely. And uh, we need to talk about the energy in foods as well. We talked when we did the water episode, we talked about dead water, like that's what's come out of taps because it's been held in straight pipes and pushed through and been, you know, chemically processed like a hundred times or even more. Um, the same applies for um, when food has been sprayed, uh, artificial light, artificial soil, whatever it's dead food it has no energy energetic transference anytime you take anything into your body it's an energetic transference i know i'm in full hippie mode now but the more alive that food is the like say that you've grown a tomato in your garden or you've had one that's chemically sprayed from turkey that's been on an airplane that's got here which one of those two are going to be better for you which has got more more energy in it because you've watched that tomato grow you've had it out in the sun you've watered it with good water that is going to be so much better for you once you take that into your body into your system into your aura than a dead tomato and that's that's what it's about isn't it it's like the energy of the nutrition that you're taking on board yeah and like you said the more energy it has it's going to be easier for you to digest than to turn into your energy for you yeah exactly but conversely the more dead something is the more of your own energy you have to use to convert Mm. that into something which you can use if it's got no minerals and and vitamins and it's pretty much dead already your body's going to have to pull vitamins and minerals and stuff from other parts of your body which is going to deplete that to turn that tomato or fruit or veg into something useful so the more dead something is the more of your own energy you're giving away to try and make it useful uh, yeah, so the life force of food, the energy transaction that you're getting, you're, you're depleting your life force. I'm just laughing because I've got this note. I'm using my check manual here. And obviously when we were talking about the soil and the nutrients, we were obviously talking about poo. Because, you know, like when you're in health, you talk about poo a lot, don't you, really? Because it's, it's just like, fertilizer. <laughs> it's just, so I've got here written down, and then I'll just read it out as I've got written. 12 inch poo per day <laughs> that's how long the colon is so your colon is 12 inches long you should be emptying your colon every day and i remember what paul said it can be either one 12 inch go it can be three four inches <laughs> yeah so there's a little food for thought for you all so when we're talking about energy in and out that's um yeah so 12 inches of crap that you should yeah. be shifting every day so i just want to quickly touch upon we've obviously mentioned kind of chemical fertilizers and pesticides and things like that. People probably don't know what they are. Again, it's that out of sight, out of mind, because you can't mm-hmm. see them. You don't think they're there. But again, a, a quick search online, you, there's millions of YouTube videos, which shows you what they are. The, the typical kind of image around them is people spraying them out with full hazmat suits on in fields, spray, yeah. spraying the crops, or they go past in a low fly and you get like a, a crop duster in America where they fly low and they, they spray all the fields. Mm-hmm. but there's a there's more and more chemicals and in industrial fertilizers used every year that the the rate keeps going up and there's a direct correlation between 
the amount of these things used and the decline in people's health and degenerative diseases and brain diseases, it's almost a perfect match. So although you can't see it and you don't think it's there, it's having a, a, an effect on our health. It's like we were speaking before we started about EMFs and things like that, because you can't see Bluetooth or radio waves or Wi-Fi signals. They have a, a negative effect on our health, but because you can't see them, you think it's not happening. But there's information out there and that's what we're trying to spread that these things do harm you and you have to combat it. Otherwise it's going to be too late or it might all be almost too late. So an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. There's, there's no point in waiting until you're sick to make a change, make the change now and preempt it. So that's what we're trying to do. Aren't we? we give people the information mm-hmm. which is out there, but it's been suppressed. We live in a world where food is really in abundance. You Back in the 80s, you know, when Bob Geldof and Live Aid, there were people were literally, there was like famines across. You don't really see that nowadays, which is a good thing because you don't want people starving. But we've gone the other way that people are starving, but they're big. Does that make sense? That you're, you're overweight, but you're nutritionally starving? Overfed <laughs> and undernourished. That's, the, that's what I was looking for. Yes, I knew you'd know the term. So... Apparently in the world, there's 1 billion adults who are overweight currently. 30 million are clinically obese. 2.8 million die from being overweight in the world. 43 million children under five are overweight. And yet the world stopped because of a coronavirus, which has killed how many people? Exactly, you know, and like these kind of things put pressure on you, give you diabetes, they put pressure on your immune system. Um, I mean, they've got a, they have got a strong correlation now between diabetes and the coronavirus. So high blood pressure, all of those things that uh, the metabolic syndrome can be traced directly back to the quality of food and the soil, in, in really, can't they? Yeah, we mentioned, I can't remember which episode it was now. We might have mentioned it a few times because it's a, it's a really interesting fact. I remember hearing this and I found it really uh, interesting. It's the fact that the body, when there's, a lot of toxins on board in the body, if it kind of detox them, if the liver's overburdened, then it creates fat cells to keep a toxin in. So mm. essentially you, you create like a, a membrane around that toxin to stop it from harming the body and you, it gets stored in a fat cell. So these people who, the overweight, you might only be eating the same amount of calories as me or you, but the eating toxic food, then the body has to create fat cells to store these toxins because it kind of get rid of them because it's overburdened. So you might not be overweight because you're eating too many calories. You might just be eating too many toxins. Mm. So again, it's people don't know this, but that's what it is. You, you can be called skinny fat. That's what normally get people get called. Yeah. The, the, the body doesn't want to have that weight on, but it's just storing these toxins. Yeah. And that, you know, my, newfound love professor tim specter said that in the future we're not going to be relying on calories in calories out that's going to become obsolete it's going to be what's good for your gut and what isn't and what's good for your gut is non-sprayed foods because if you think we're just taking the food from the soil and putting it into our microbiome in our gut you know it's it's what is in the soil is reflected in our gut so it's it's exactly the same. I think in one of the previous episodes, we mentioned animals don't eat these toxic foods either. With regards to like fresh food, animals just eat, most of them, like kind of mammals, they would just eat grass, which is still alive. They literally eat it straight from out the soil, which is still alive. 
Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't know, an elephant, for instance, would just get leaves off a tree, which is still alive. And mm-hmm. even um, predators would kill an animal, like an, a lion would kill a buffalo. And the buffalo's only been stopped breathing two seconds ago and they already eaten it. It's fresh. It's alive. Yeah. And that buffalo has been eating grass, which was alive. But if, if we're eating this artificial food, which is which is being picked three weeks ago and it's covered in toxins and then sprayed to make it look like it's healthy, then what's that going to do to us? It's going to make us feel like crap because it's dead food. And then it affects your hormones. So your hormones go completely out of balance. Serotonin is made in the gut. So you, you don't feel happy. You feel like crap. You feel tired all the time. You know, these like things when you always think, oh, I've got no energy. I feel crap. It's like, what are you eating? Well, you're eating crap. So you're feeling crap. Yeah. If you eat toxins, you're going to have toxic thoughts as well. Yeah. Stinking thinking. Yeah. Your brain is, your brain is just an organ. It's no different. It's still made out of the stuff which you eat. Yeah. So it's it's going to produce signals which uh, are a direct correlation to what you've eaten. If you eat healthy, you're probably going to have healthy thoughts. If you eat toxic, you're going to have toxic thoughts. Mm-hmm. And your gut and your brain are closely linked. So there you go. Can I just quickly before we end um, talk about Western Price's worldwide study of healthy people? So Western Price, I think we've mentioned him before. Actually, he was a dentist who went around and studied a load of native uh, tribes. He wrote a really good book, which I'm actually going to read that book. I've got it written in here. Read that book. And I haven't, that was like five years ago and I still haven't read it, so I will. But here's what he said are the 10 things that healthy, tribal, natural people would do. So number one, no refined or denatured food. That's denatured, isn't it? It's not come from nature. It's never seen the sun, never seen decent soil. It's just denatured. Number two, consumption of animal protein and fat from fish and other seafood, fowl, animals, eggs, milk products, reptiles and insects. So notice, not highly processed foods. (laughs) Number three, they eat four times more calcium and other minerals than we do and 10 times the fat soluble vitamins from animal fats as the average American diet. That's what we were saying when we did the one on um, fats, weren't we? That tribal people gave the lean stuff to the dogs and they ate the fat. Like we think of the, the other way around, don't we? We cut off the fat and Yeah, the there lean. was a there was a case, I don't know when it was, but it was kind of in, in modern times. I think it was in New York Zoo when they introduced lions. In, they put some new lions in the zoo and they were feeding them. It was like the pride and joy of the zoo. It was the big attraction. And they were feeding them... Um, sirloin steaks weren't they they were giving the lions steaks and they were becoming sick so they got uh professional in and they said yeah but the lions the the what we, we would call a sirloin steak or the muscle would be the last thing they would eat they would yeah, eat the heart and the organs the and things yeah. like that yeah there was yeah, more exactly. fat on the sirloin exactly um so then high the high food enzyme content from raw cold pressed unpasteurized and lacto fermented i mean how much pasteurized stuff do we eat and, um, you know, we think, oh, I can't drink milk straight from the cow. There's something wrong with it. You know, we'll die. You won't. <laughs> You've just been um, conditioned to, to think that way. Uh, number five, seeds, grains and nuts are soaked, sprouted, fermented or naturally leavened. Number six, 30% to 80% fat and 4% of calories from polyunsaturated oils, which we spoke about in our fats. And um, then those were the ones that everyone said was bad for you at one point. Number seven, approximately equal amounts of omega-6 and omega-3. We always say omega-3 
three is the bad one from Alan Milfats, but you need equal amounts. Uh, number eight, salt. <laughs> they eat salt, but obviously high quality salt. Uh, number nine, animal bones, bone broths. They eat the bones, boil them up. Uh, number 10, nutrient rich foods for pregnant women and children. We were just saying this, weren't we, off air, that we don't really differentiate between foods for pregnant women, apart from don't smoke and don't drink <laughs> and don't eat tuna. Yeah, and then when the when the baby has the bottle, they say don't heat it up in the microwave. Well, if microwaves are that bad, then why are adults allowed to use them? <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was pregnant, you get a list of foods I shouldn't eat, like tuna, canned can tuna, because it's got mercury, could have mercury in it and all this kind of stuff. And I remember my dad saying exactly the same as you, like, well, I'm not going to eat any of these foods now, then if they're not good enough for a pregnant woman, why are they good enough for me? And it's true, isn't it? Yeah, it's, well, uh, a, a pregnant woman is still just a human. If it's, if it's going to be unhealthy for a pregnant woman, it's going to be unhealthy for everyone. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. That's the, that's what a healthy tribes person would live on. Yeah, it's a good book, that Nutritional and Physical Degeneration by Western Air Price. It's, that's the one. It's not an easy read. It's it's heavy going, but the information in there is timeless and it couldn't mm. be more true from what we've been talking about today. Yeah, you can. they're on Instagram, actually, Western Price. The Western Price Foundation come up with some really good stuff. Yeah, the, the Price Pottinger Foundation has got some really good stuff. There's a good book called Pottinger's Cats where Mr. Pottinger, I can't remember his first name, he fed his cats like a conventional diet. Yeah, I've got it here. Do you want me to quickly go over it? It's called Pottinger's Cats Experimentation. Study ran between 1932 and 1942. The experiment extended over 10 years, involved 900 animals. The main purpose was comparison between cooked and raw foods. The animals who received an all-raw diet, both milk and meat, remained healthy and bred normal healthy litters from generation to generation. The animals who received a diet of cooked meat and or pasteurised milk became progressively degenerate through succeeding generations. The animals who fed cooked meat and or pasteurised milk had a 25% abortion rate in the first generation of offspring, increasing to 70% in the second generation. By the third generation, the kittens had become so degenerate they failed to survive for six months. In later experiments, cats whose metabolism had become deranged by the cooked food were returned to a raw food diet. Complete regeneration, where it was not too late to achieve, took four generations. So they, they, they took them to the edge and then brought them back again. So through through their diet, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, so that should be, for people listening who are, who are worried that they haven't been eating any organic food, that should be kind of hope there that if you do start eating organic now or introducing organic for if you if you're finding this step too difficult to just change to a hundred percent organic diet, just look at the foods which you eat the most of and make the change there. If you eat chicken four days a week, just get organic chicken. And if you eat sweet potatoes three days a week, just get organic sweet potatoes. So at least you're getting the bulk of your diet organic. But mm. yeah, you, you can Fix these health problems. You don't need fancy medicines and you don't need to go and see doctors all the time and get these artificially made medicines. Let food be thy medicine. That's what Hippocrates said. They didn't have medicine back then and they were pretty healthy. So it can it can bring you back from the brink of ill health, just eating healthy food, organic food, the six foundation principles. That's what we're trying to spread the message about. Spread the word. Amen. Yeah, and it's, it's good for you and it's good for the planet as well, which we've been on a bit of a theme lately, but... <laughs> If you can spend your money on organic farmer practice, it is better for the planet. Yeah, and, and you know what? Money talks. So wherever the money goes, where you put your energy, 
your flow. So keep putting your money into the organic movement. Yeah, pay the farmer or pay the doctor, as they say. Good one, Dan. That was a good little last minute interjection. <laughs> we'll, we'll finish on that one. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Excellent. So thank you guys. I hope I've given you some food, organic food for thought. And um, should you have any comments or feedback, uh, please let us know. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us and um, yeah, stay in touch. Yep. New content, new episodes every Monday and sometimes throughout the week. Yeah, so it's um, on iTunes or Spotify, Amazon. I know Jill's been showing off her Alexa skills lately. Yeah, it was a good marketing strategy because me going on video set everyone's Alexa's off. <laughs> yeah, you have to start <laughs> doing that every episode now. Yeah, so the easier it is for you to listen, the easier it is for you to listen, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and become healthier and happier. Yeah, exactly. So thanks for listening, everybody. Do follow us on Podbean or iTunes Small Business Whole Health. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Bye.